Welcome to the Minnesotan Pod, brought to you today by our favorite hometown team, the Minnesota Wild. On today's pod, we have East Ridge coach Dustin Vogelgesang. We'll learn about Dustin's love of sports, his athletic past, and how he got into coaching. Hope you enjoy today's show. Hey, thanks for being here today, Dustin. I'm really excited to be here, so thanks for having me. Uh, we've followed each other on uh, social media for uh, four or five years. I've been watching the progress of your program, and uh, one day I said, hey, this is the guy that I want to meet, so today's the day we're going to get to know your story. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, let's get her rolling now. Let's talk about you growing up. Uh, I learned early on before we turned the, the, the pod on, you're from Hastings, Minnesota. Yep. Uh, what's it like growing up in Hastings? That's a cool little town. I actually went during COVID. There's like this chicken, like supermarket down there. Like oh, we, M&H? Yeah, we would go gas get station? gas station chicken. <laughs> it was amazing. So my yeah. wife liked it enough. We went, yeah. and there's the river. We just kind of, yeah. Hastings was kind of our little place to go get outside and eat some chicken and yeah. mac and cheese, whatever. But, uh, I just love my daughter's soccer team played in that stadium. It's cool little town. Yeah. Tell me a little bit, and I don't want to get to the, we haven't even talked about the rink yet, but yeah. tell me a little bit about growing up there. Yeah, I loved growing up there. Um, it was back in the era, era of like, when it's football season, we got the cleats out. Yep. And then when it's hockey season, those went away, and then you put your skates on, and then when that was done, you put those away and you played baseball. And we had a group of friends from sixth grade until we graduated that all did that. We'll get to those guys yeah, in a yeah, minute. Yeah. That's a pretty legendary but, group. And and then, you know, it, it's a great community. And when things are going really well there and, and teams are having success, the whole town comes out for it. Uh, you can imagine a section final football game at that field and oh what that would be like. Oh, my Lord. It, it was incredible. Oh, it, my Lord. It it's was incredible. the coolest stadium. There's probably – it's got to be top five stadiums in the state. I, I was up in Duluth – the summer and saw Duluth East, which actually overlooks Lake Superior. I've never like, seen that. That is cool. Yeah. I mean, like it's got to be that. It's it's got to be Lake Superior to beat what Hastings yeah. has. I mean, so cool. obviously, I'm partial down in the to hole it. like yeah. that. It's super neat. I, I, I'm partial to it, obviously, because I did. You play football in yep. high school? You made yep. it all there, right? Yeah, played football there. Um, yeah, I love it. And it. They continue to make it better too. Yeah, it was cool. awesome. My daughter was like, we're playing at Hastings. Like, no way I got to see this. I mean, not that I would have missed her game, but it yeah. was super cool to be down on the on, on the field there. It was really neat. Yeah. All right, so growing up, uh, how many siblings did you have? So I have a younger sister who's three years younger than me that okay. still lives there. Um, she's a nurse. And then my younger brother, who's 10 years younger than me. 10 years? 10 years. Uh, lives down there with his wife. Um, All right. And uh, he's in medical device sales. Um, my mom still lives there. Uh, my dad passed away in July of 2001. Um, of 01? 2001. Or, so, sorry, 2021. 21. Sorry. I'm like, wow. Yeah, like, sorry. 2021. All right. Um, and, uh, yeah, so the most of the family's still down there. I still have a couple of really close friends that still live down there too. So what did your parents do for occupation? So my mom was a paralegal. Still okay. is still working. My dad was a sheet metal worker. Really? His claim to fame that he was a foreman on the the U.S. Bank Stadium, putting the sheet metal all throughout the entire stadium as a foreman. 
That was a big project. Big job. Yeah. He's pretty Is proud. Is that the biggest one? Yeah, he was pretty proud of that one. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. And so he was hard. That's, that's, you're watching him get up every day. Blue collar. Going yep. to work dirty. I mean, yep. came home dirty every day from work. Yep. Hard hat, lunch pail, the whole thing that you try and tell your hockey teams. Yeah. Yeah. He really did that. Yeah. Did that, uh, did, what do you do for a living? So right now I'm a sales manager at your, Pella your Windows and Doors. Your fingernails look way cleaner than when yeah. your dad's were at this I point. I don't, I have office hands for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that as yeah. a compliment, yeah. but also, you know, we make fun of him. Like yeah. my dad would do that. He goes, yeah, I can, I can spot a guy by his hands what he does for a living. <laughs> no doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a sales manager at Pella Windows and Doors uh, based out of Plymouth. And how, how much travel do you have and how do you work that around being a hockey coach? So uh, Prior to that, I was at 3M, and I, I was part of the layoffs in May and got hired on right away at Pella. So I don't know what that's going to look like yet as far as the work-to-hockey to ratio when the season you gets going. You had it figured out at 3M, right, because you were there long yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, um, and so I'm interested to see how it's going to be, but I have the support staff there as far as um, my manager, the, vi- the vice president of sales, and even the owner are all – Big hockey people. Really? And even the You think owner, they'll be watching this? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I think my sales, my the vice president of sales will. Really? Uh, Mark Brandenhoff. He's a big hockey guy. Okay. Lives down in Lakeville. Uh, I think, I'm sure he'll watch it. Uh, but Peter Martin, the owner, even when I went out to lunch with him, he, he showed me a ton of respect for being a head high school coach in Minnesota playing in hockey. And he, he understood how difficult it is to get there and even at a, to get there at a double A school. So... I I feel very supported in that, and we'll see how it goes this when the season kicks off. But I think I it's going to be the old you get your worse. work done, do your thing, right? I'm guessing Typically that's is. kind of the culture yeah. of the yeah and workforce it, now. That's what it is. Is it really good work life balance? Um, and that it was even started at 3M. Um, they allowed me to do that too. So, um, what what kind of business in 3M? I mean, there's so many business units in 3M. What was it? I was in the automotive aftermarket division, so really think uh, sandpaper and glue. Yep, and then I worked with Napa stores, so they were my customer. Okay, yeah. got it. All right, that's fascinating. Yeah. All right, um, let's get back to go back glory days. Cue up the the Bruce Springsteen here. I gotta hear some stories about uh, growing up hockey. How good? Because you obviously, if you if you didn't haven't done the math yet, uh, Dustin played on the nineteen ninety nine state runner up Hastings team. Uh, I got to hear uh, how good you guys were at youth uh, in the 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th grade. It must have been pretty special. So between the – from starting at Peewees till through Bantams, the A team and the B team, because obviously there wasn't double A back right. then, in four years that I played, we never lost a district game or a district tournament. Really? In either team. And were you District 8, like, with yep. the Lakevilles and the Burn or not? Were you like, Egan and those so Burns, uh No, Burns was Burns was six, so, yeah. So, so it was Egan, Cottage Grove, and Cottage Grove actually was always the best team in Peewees and Bantams. Really? They were really good. Jason okay. Reimers, um, I could spot off Brian Erickson. They were, these guys were really, they were good. They yep. were always our biggest rival. Ten minutes down the road and, and really good, and so it was, it was fun playing those guys. Um yeah, so we were really good. We made it to, in Peewees, we didn't make it to the state tournament. We lost in Regions. Okay. And then in Bantams, we made it to the state tournament. Um, I think we lost our first two games right away to, like, I think it was Bluth East. 
and I can't remember who we lost in the next game. Maybe it was like Moundsview or somebody was really good. I can't remember. But and then all of a sudden, guys continued to develop, and we had a, a stacked group of athletes that we had success in three different sports. Really, it wasn't just hockey. All right. So obviously, the big names. If you look at the roster, it's gonna be Jeff Tafe and Ben Utecht. But there's others. Tharp was a Gopher. What, what, tell me about those. Are that's when they were. 17 to 22 years old who was like the stud like sixth grader seventh grader the guys oh he was unstoppable or maybe it was one of those guys it was it was it was jeff and dan it was always jeff welch and dan. dan welch yeah. yeah jeff tafe and dan welch those guys are always the the guys we were trying to get to right and they, they were the ones always pushing us because they always better and De- jeff was an amazing baseball player really oh my gosh he could have played division one baseball for sure Danny was an incredible running back and an awesome catcher in baseball. So every year we're competing against these guys growing up. Yeah. That's what made us, that's what brought us all to their level. They pulled you guys up. 100%. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That that is really cool. So Tharp, he was a defenseman, right? Tharpo's a defenseman. He's my assistant D coach. I mean, coach now. He coaches me at Eastridge. Yeah. Really? He coaches our D. He's done a phenomenal job. He played D. unbelievable puck mover could handle the pucks beautiful skater um, skating breakout oh yeah like just give ben the puck and he'll, we're he'll out. Get out yeah yeah um yeah he was an amazing high school player um all three of those guys jeff dan and ben were finalists for mr hockey right we were ranked number one right out of the gate our senior year that's why i kept going with the youth thing because i remember following you guys because you know just even then in the, in the late 90s as a hockey fan i'm like this is super cool. Yeah. We have a, a non Minnetonka, Edina, Duluth East, Jefferson. No, they aren't in this. They are in the conversation. You guys were in the conversation. Obviously, Rozo, too, was, yep. had a stacked team as well. They, were, they didn't have a guy under six feet. <laughs> They're massive. Um, yeah. And then, like, not only like Jeff, Dan, and Ben, but we had uh, Adam Gerlock. Right. Stud. He played Division One hockey. Matt Vanderbosch played Division One baseball. Joe Stewart was a really good hockey player. I've never heard school. of him. Tell me a little bit about Joe. Joe's Joe's a Joe's a good dude. He's a very passionate man. Very passionate man. What was he like as a young man? Same. Like one of the best competitors I've ever been around. And if you want to, if you're in a dark alley, I, I pick Joe. You bring Joe. Yeah, I'm not. And I'm not going in. If Joe's in there, yeah. I'm not going in there. He might have been a better linebacker than he was. I could see that defenseman in hockey. I could definitely see that. Um, and Ben Utech was our, one of our goalies. I mean, I'm sure I'm missing some guys, but um, just an incredible group of athletes. That I love just it. Got lightning in a bottle, and like Adam Gerlach and Matt Vanderbosch, they were juniors my senior year. They played in three straight state championship games that year. So their junior year in hockey. Yep. We won the baseball state tournament. Yep. And then football. And then football. Their senior year. Was there a, like I don't want to get into demographics, but what was the demographic sweet spot for in nineteen eighty one and you know in Hastings? <laughs> I don't know. Like, but if you think about if we look back, so the leadership people in each of those kind of sports, um, they're like, you think of Bob Majeski, who was the head oh, football yeah. coach. Oh yeah, huge. He was a great athlete, but then he built youth program. He was the first one to start a youth football program starting in sixth grade. I was I was a sixth grader the first year it started, so that kind of that helped it along. Um, now this is very controversial, but it's okay. 
in Hastings, when I was in sixth grade, they also started the in-house squirt program. So we played they still all have it. They still have nah, it. I don't know if they still they do, have it. It's, they do, to some degree. Hybrided. Hybrided. Not like it was. They're not playing in the squirtacular. No. So that was a big key factor for in the way we all developed, I believe. Okay. And then um, baseball, Chuck Tafe led the way, Jeff's dad, who was a great baseball player, and then with his buddy, Doc Lowden, who was the head head baseball coach. Um, they just kind of stuck with this group and developed all of us, and they made sure – I love the most going, thinking back to those days. They made sure everybody got to be as good as possible because they knew that it was going to help their son be as good as possible. Right. Right. And that's, it just took us on a journey that like being a high school coach for, you know, 15 years now, like I really respect and like understand how difficult it is to get to the levels we got to when I was a player. So after high school, cause I want to get back to how you got into coaching, but let's yeah. talk about your athletic career. What did you yeah. do after high school? I played football at UW River Falls. Okay. Um, Falcons? Yeah. The Falcons, Falcons. Right? Yeah. They're ranked number four in the nation this year right in now. In football? In football. Yep. Wow. They're on a roll. Okay. They got Whitewater this weekend. It'll be a big one. They're always tough. Whitewater's really tough. Yeah. Um, so I looked at playing either baseball or football. I even looked at a little bit of hockey. It just worked out that football for me was my path. What position did you play? I played quarterback. Really? Yeah. You're not he, very tall. You're not the uh, Tom Brady. Five nine. <laughs> You're the Doug Flutie yeah. type. I had to throw to a, I had to throw to an area and not really necessarily the person because I couldn't see over the line. Yeah. But at River Falls at that time they ran the wishbone offense. So I was a glorified running back. I just got the snap and threw yeah. five times a game or something like that. But yeah. um it was a lot of fun. Did him. you play all four years? I played yeah, I played four years. That's impressive. I would have played a fifth, but I Herniated my disc, in, uh, L5 disc in my back for a second time in the off-season lifting going into my senior year, and that was enough for me. I had enough. You would have had to rehab, re- redshirt senior. That's a bad look. I went isn't it? through that the entire summer before trying to rehab. I started for two years. I would have been a three-year starter there. Um, I was a punt and kick return. My red sh- punt up, punt returner and kickoff returner. She must have had wheels. I was I was fairly fast. Did yeah. you have wheels on the ice? No. no. <laughs> oh, relatively seems- speaking. I mean, you had girls, guys like Gerlach yeah. and Vanderbosch are two of the fastest people I've ever met. And then if you watch Danny, Jake Majeski, he made it look these guys, easy. Those like, guys made it look easy. They could fly up and down the ice. Yeah. Um, so I had to just get the puck out ahead of them. Yeah. And let them go chase it Kind of like football, yeah. right? Yeah, a little bit. Oh, I'm impressed that you made it all the way through. It's hard. It's a grind to make it all the way through college, four years of college, especially football. It was the your yeah. body takes a pounding. It did, especially playing quarterback in the wishbone offense. Yeah, yeah. you're good. <laughs> a chiropractor is a good friend of mine. Put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> right after you, I, I ran a wishbone too. I right after you fake fullback, I would pray for the next three seconds. Yep. Don't kill me, please. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was always think I and don't. And your coach get is murdered. telling you to carry out your fake, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. So you get hammered. Yeah. Yeah, I know yeah. exactly the feeling you're talking yeah. about. We switched to a Delaware T, which is a lot. There was a lot of misdirection and a lot of faking. Yeah, but there wasn't a lot of uh, what you're talking yeah. about. That was more like eighth to ninth grade. It was brutal. Yeah, it was. I loved it though. We uh, we had some okay teams. We were about average. The YX pretty difficult. Yeah, football conference, but um, 
Yeah, it was a great experience. They, I, good, not that this is friends. a hockey podcast, but isn't there like some scholarship money over in Wisconsin? No? Mm-hmm. Division no. three. I no. thought at some point that those kids were getting money versus Could the have kids changed, from, I, the no, kids I from Minnesota yeah. for sure weren't getting yeah. money. So I, it was I, more, yeah. a lot of those good Minnesota kids would end up in Wisconsin. Maybe I'm wrong. All right. Um, okay, so let's go through all of your coaches then, you know, college football uh, youth coaches. Did, did your dad ever coach? Coached a little bit through squirts, maybe assisted. Was he a hockey player growing up? He just through high school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where did he grow up? Growing up at uh, in Cottage Grove. Okay. Yeah. All right. Both my mom and dad did. So um, let me hear your coaching influence. I, I gave you my whiz wide story yeah, before yeah. we went on the air. Well, tell me what got you into it. Ah oh, man, there, there's so many. Um, just like probably a lot of us, right? influenced by our coaches um i was lucky enough to play for three hall of fame high school coaches yeah you listed them let's yeah, get them so out here bob majeski yeah football football russ welch in hockey and doc loudon baseball and each each guy i took a little bit from in the way they do things and how they how they ran teams and um and how they affected like me as, right as a kid and as a as a player and relationships that I had with him even after playing um Jake Majeski who was Bob's son was my best friend growing up still to this day so you got to go over to his house and study yeah. him both as a dad as a husband you yeah. know what I mean and not but it was he was always coach Bob the, coach no matter what always coach Majeski and then I even asked him after a few years after I graduated like you were always coach Majeski was yep it was because I knew you were gonna play for me one day Oh, so when you were in sixth grade, he was oh, yeah. coach. Coach. Coach Majewski. You weren't Jake's dad. Not Jake's dad. Coach Majeski. <laughs> yep. Yep. But then Russ was different. Russ was a little bit more di- Russ was Russ. Okay. Until you got to play for him in high school and he was Coach Welch. Yeah. You know? Or Russ. You could call him Russ. I don't think he really cared. You know? Um, and he had a different style than Bob had a different style. And then Doc Loudon, you know, you could call him Doc. And, you know, he was a great ball mind. And we, you know, won a state championship with him and. Man, it just and then you think about some of the assistant coaches too that you have along the way with along with those guys too, yeah. right? Who are some of those? So um, Jake Moore at Hastings was he was the wide receiver coach, but he was he was very influential in me and keeping things light because I was always the guy that was really hard on myself when I didn't do something execute, execute or, you know. So he was the guy that always called me down a little bit and I always make us laugh and make it make the moment a little bit smaller than maybe it really is just to give us a, you know, a chance to cool down a little bit. Yeah. He's the first one that comes to mind, mind for football. Do you, then, do you draw anything from Jake Moore even now in your coaching? I'm kids? getting better at it. Yeah. And we can, it's hard. we can get into it a little bit more in depth. Why? But like down the road here, but like I'm learning to do that now as a coach way more than I did. I probably my first three, three years as a head coach. But then you think of like in hockey, Jerry Meyer was a coach with Russ. Yeah, um, huge influence on us. He was he was like the uncle almost. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The uncle that maybe good cop. I, I don't know if he called it good <laughs> cop, but he would say things that Russ shouldn't probably hear. But that right, way, you know what I mean. Right. Um, oh, so he would say things that you yeah. probably shouldn't have said, but yeah. it maybe lightened the, the yeah. mood or yeah. Yeah, and, and when he did say something to the entire team, um, it was it meant a ton. And I remember sitting in the locker room, sec- and the 
state semifinals in 99, and we're between overtimes. It's after the first overtime right. and the resurfacing. And who were you playing? Playing Elk River. So Paul Martin was on that team. He was he never came off the ice. but um, So we're sitting in there. We're all dead tired because um, we played the late game night before, and we won with .2 seconds left against Blaine. Yep. And now we're in double overtime the next night at 8.45 game, the late game. We're dog tired, and Jerry just comes in and looks around and goes, like the Herb Brooks speech almost, like, yeah. you guys were meant to be here right now. You guys were meant to win this hockey game. Since you guys were born, you guys are supposed to be here right now. All you got to do is go win it. And we went out there, and we bum-rushed Elk River. Yeah. Ended up, ended up scoring in overtime to win it, to go to the state championship game. So you take things like that from him. like, And then baseball, we had Chuck Tafe was Jeff's dad. Uh, smartest, one of the smaller, smartest baseball guys I've ever been around. And yeah. then we also had Dan Peltier, who was um, – a brother-in-law of our pitcher, Kerry Try, who played for the San Francisco Giants, and he played for the Texas Rangers. And yeah. when he retired, he moved back to Hastings, and he helped us out and basically taught me how to hit the ball the right way. And really? And changed, changed my swing and changed the way I made contact and um, made me a pretty good baseball player at the end of the day. So, you know, it, there's so many people that in your life that you can take bits and pieces from that, you know, shape you who you are today. All right, so I got you graduating college, being out in the professional world, like around two thousand four or five. What, how did you how did you stay involved with the game? How did you get started with coaching? It wasn't eighteen years ago, was it? So I started in because I got you Eastridge five six yeah, years ago, right? Two thousand three, I started coaching right away. Then, yeah, right out of college. Yep. And my parents had just gotten a divorce, and I had, like I mentioned before, my brother's ten years younger than me. Right. So he's like 12, 13 at the time. And I'm like, I got to figure out a way to stay around this kid just in, just, just for support. Be, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And he, uh, he made, ended up making the PEA team at Hastings. And the head coach was Phil Sykes, who played at North Dakota. Yeah. Played a bunch in the NHL, was the head coach. So Phil asked me to be his assistant. You want to come help out in his Canadian, Western Canadian accent? <laughs> yeah. I really imagine. And uh, I jumped on. I helped out, and I fell in love with it. I've always loved hockey. Hockey was always my favorite sport. Yeah. It just wasn't my best. Sounds really familiar. You know, and um, so get an opportunity to go in and coach uh, at a Peewee level just to be around my brother um, sparked into what has now been 20 years and um, the last seven as a head coach at Eastridge. What were the first thirteen? I gotta hear this before because we got. Yeah. I, I have a whole slew of, yeah, East Ridge related content here. But yeah. here, let me hear why you got started. Obviously, Peewees, and then was yeah. it mostly youth? Or did you come to some high school? So I spent six years at the PEA level. In really, yep. I'm sure you became the head coach eventually. Yep. Yeah, yep, I did. After three years coaching with Phil, I took over and it spent three years there, and then an opening opened up. Actually, I think Jerry Meyer left. Hastings bench, the varsity bench, and then Russ asked me to coach with him on the varsity team. So I went from PEA to varsity. I love it. And spent five years there. The entire time, my wife and I had got married right around the same time I started coaching, and but we had been living in Woodbury, and I promised her that if anything really ever opened up as my as I continued to coach and you know got better at and 
saw this maybe doing long term. I promised her that we'd if something in Woodbury opened up, either Eastridge or Woodbury, I'd try and go for it. Right, because you live there. Because we live there. It made sense. And um, the uh, spot opened up at Eastridge to be the head coach back in 2014, I think. I'm, my dates are right. Yeah. And uh, I had the best interview I've ever had in my life. Not going to lie. It was, I killed it. But you didn't play in the NHL. No, I didn't. <laughs> so, Sorry. So, yeah. So I'm walking out of the school after my interview thinking, man, I did pretty good here. This is great. And I'm checking out. And you had out. varsity assistant coaching experience last yeah. six years, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Love it. So then I'm scrolling out of, to check out of the school, you know, you check in, check out, and I'm scrolling and I see the name Wes Walls there. <laughs> and like, there's no way I'm getting this job. No way. But literally two hours later, Wes called me and he said, hey, come meet me at Presswick for a beer. Let's talk about this. And then he were there at the, at the bar. He asked me if I wanted to be his assistant and help him kind of be his associate head coach a little bit. And it was an offer that I couldn't. Did you use. know him? No, never met in my life. Do you think, again, this is just my gut here, and maybe I shouldn't even ask this question. Do you think at some point in the interviewing process, AD, coaching committee, whoever it is, they might have said, hey, uh, <clears throat> you might want to go ask this young buck uh, to be on your staff because we probably would hire you because he killed his interview. Do you think that <laughs> might have happened? It I don't know. It's, it, it, that's what I'm thinking. I I. Mike Pape, who was the Booster Club president, <laughs> uh, was in the I interview. know his son well. Yeah, he. Uh, I think he had a lot to do with me being there. I think he liked me a lot, and him and I have become over the years very close friends. And uh, I think that's where it started. Was with okay. Mike Pape making sure that I had an opportunity there. there All right, one. well, good. And then how long was West there? At least three or four years, right? Was there for three. Three. Yep. Okay, so you were there like. In 17, 16, 17, they had a decent team in 16 and 17. Uh, that was my, I'm trying to think back to the dates. My, our 18, 19, I think, was my first year maybe as a head coach. Yeah, but like yeah. when you were when you're assistant. You assistant, were, we were okay. We weren't great. We weren't great. We yeah. Were, we had, I don't know if we ever got to double-digit wins, but All we, right. were, we were okay. Um, and now it's like evolved. I mean, Eastridge hockey is just evolving every year. It seems like it's slowly but surely, uh, climbing up the ladder in respectability throughout the state. Yeah, we're getting there for sure. It's been a long journey. We've done some things, whether, you know, building out our, our locker room, which is amazing. And then we're doing more things at the rink. We're able to get our logo on the ice and, get painted the rink, our colors, and all that kind of stuff is all I bet you that added. takes a long time. It does. It took like, 10 years. <laughs> yeah. There, I, I'm right? not exactly. I mean, yeah. literally, you're in Cottage Grove, Minnesota, and you're saying, yeah. hey, we want this high school that's in Woodbury, Minnesota, colors here. Yeah. It was hard. Um, it's been a, it's been a, a journey. Um, Who owns the rink? Does the city own it? city owns it. City, the city of Cottage Grove owns yeah. that rink. And I say that because it's right on the grounds of, of the public high school. Yeah, you literally can walk across the street. <laughs> That's yeah. why I asked yeah. the question. Sometimes you don't have yeah. to ask. It's pretty easy. Sometimes yeah. you're like, well, who owns it? You yeah. know? Yeah, so the, the city owns it. City leases it from the school district. The land, probably. Yeah. Yep. And for like a buck a year. Or yeah. Like that. And then Jordan Hireman is the arena manager there, and him and I have an awesome relationship. 
Um, and he's, you know, he's been pretty helpful in, in helping us kind of transition that, that rink into one that is kind of more Eastridge. Right. Um, but still representing the youth program there with their logo on the ice and things like that. And um, so that, that kind of has helped us a little bit have create an identity. I think so. What was what we were missing right away was some type of identity. Right. And now we kind of have it. Um, we're starting to get players that are wanting to play at Eastridge, which is exciting. Um, you think of Grant Conan, Grant Conan could have played anywhere, anywhere. Yep. Um, but his family and now you know, Blake's there and Lance is on his way. Like they just, they wanted to come to Eastridge and, you know, Grant's our all time leading single season score with 50 points last year, which is, was awesome to see him get. Um, uh, he was here for an interview. I was just like, I can't believe you're sitting here right now and you're actually five foot nine or five foot ten. Like when he was a youngster, he was tiny. I know. You should have you seen know. him come into our locker room and play as a freshman. <laughs> Smallest oh, guy I've yeah. ever had. Yeah. But he turned out to be, you know, arguably the Normal best. height yeah. and a great. I mean, he was always super skilled. Yes. There's no question. Yes. He had the skill for that. Yeah. So we're, we're getting players like that to that want to come and play at Eastridge. And that's exciting. So tell me what you're pretty proud of the locker room that you guys built. And I think you made a statement before you went on the air. It's the best locker room in the state. I would put up against anybody. All right. Tell me about it. Uh, so we raised a bunch of money, uh, over five years to build it out. And we had one dad that finally put the nail in the coffin with it. His kid as a Jew, was a JV player. And, um, before we had the locker room. He said, power play minutes, and I'll pay for the whole thing. And you went, <laughs> <laughs> Done. <laughs> there we go. You, no. Does he want to see on yeah. his jersey? Yeah. No problem. What else do you want? <laughs> yeah. No, and, and he, he was frustrated with um, his son bringing his gear back and forth and having to sit in the dead of the winter in his car and frozen before practice. And so he's like, let's figure this out. So he was, uh, his name is Sean Schmitz. He was a huge help with that. Um, and we had a great booster club that did a ton of, fundraising for it um but it's 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 a big locker room we got 40 stalls separated 20 and 20 yep four showers bathroom um we have a dry room that we just putting together now i love it we have uh, obviously an equipment room where we have a skate sharpener and all our jerseys and all our stuff to fix equipment um the kids are actually building out a, a player lounge now in oh, one of the no. rooms. Oh, then there's going to be a... So they have an Xbox. Xbox, and a TV. yep. You knew the Xbox is coming. They but went They went and got... Uh, I think part of me is just jealous because we had our own lair at, at Southwest. Yeah. We never had video games in there. We were... That was about five, ten years before that. Ever came, <laughs> but we would have, for sure. Oh, yeah. These get, these kids are going to... They're going to spend time. And that's the point, right? Like, you want them to spend time with each other and, you know, and um, enjoy the place they're going to be at. And um, So yesterday, I'm in there doing some stuff in the locker room and in walks two of our players with a, with a couch from the Goodwill and they brought the couch right in there and, and, uh, it did all and, the work, right? Yeah. And a lounge chair. And, uh, I think Davis Plifka said that, uh, they negotiated a $35 couch down to five. Nice. So they brought that in from the Goodwill. So they're building it out on their own. Um, just the, the size of it and it's off the back underneath the scoreboard. We got, uh, we put in gold lights now, so it's kind of got our, our Vegas gold look to it. And we got some ideas for pregame that it's going to be cool when we, you know, when the kids come out to start the game. And 
uh, big coach's office, three different, four TVs now, and we watch a lot of video. And it's just a cool place for kids to, it makes them feel more of closer to a junior or a college player than a high school player. And Do you think that subtly puts a little pressure on Corkish over at Cottage Grove, watching what your guys are doing on the other side of the building? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe a little bit. Maybe I mean, I would bit. think kind of keep up with yeah. the Joneses. I mean, sometimes the Joneses are 10 miles away, but this is like literally 100 feet away. Yeah. And, you know, I I, I did it for us to give the kids as best experience as possible. And I think uh, I think Cork really wants to do that too, for sure. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's the, the, the greatest thing about us is our booster club. And so all of that's like is all privately raised right. money. And yeah, you know, we're not getting any money from you know, like even the city or the school. It's all school, yours. It's all ours. Nobody's made a huge like nobody dumped two hundred fifty thousand dollars either to do it. Like it's, no, it's, it's piecemeal, right? And dime. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, we're really proud of it. We we love that um, our kids get to use it. We're super lucky that we get to have it. Um, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. But I'll put again. I'll put it up against. Oh, I can't wait to Any see it. Peter's gonna, Peter claims he's doing a a locker room set of videos this year, so obviously that'll be one of his first stops yeah. is seeing you guys. We'll love to have him. Hey, Minnesota Wild fans, we're less than a month away from the season opener with Florida. Maybe this is the year you get a season ticket package. This year the Wild offers flex packs for 11 games only. You can get weekday or weekend games. If you're a snowbird, you can watch fall and spring hockey. But my favorite is the Eastern Conference only teams. You can see Boston, Philly, the Rangers, Penguins, Capitals, those types of teams only. I really love it. This year you should heed the call and become a season ticket member today. Um. Okay. Um. Let's talk a little bit about we've we've touched a little bit. I don't want to ignore it. Let's talk a little bit about the, the Cottage Grove, Woodbury, Eastridge. Just touch on it a little bit here um, about you know that part of your job because it's a part of your job. I'm not want to ignore it. So uh, it, there's a lot of politics. We'll call it uh, uh, conference room uh stuff going on right now where there's there's meetings and there's conference rooms i mean i could i just know that there was a meeting for district eight last spring or last late last winter there was a meeting with minnesota hockey there's been a lot of different meetings about this topic could you just kind of explain from your perspective what it is that the what the problems are what what the solutions are just so people know like well this isn't just as clear cut as jefferson and kenny ossie maple grove and and Osseo and Maple Grove, you know, like and yeah. Lakeville and Duluth. There's a lot of different these large associations, and you guys are having the similar. I would hate to say the word tug of war going back and forth as to what how it's going to work. Yeah, it's it's been an ongoing thing uh, for as long as I've been uh, around at Eastridge, and so Eastridge is a school boundary that is in with within both Woodbury and Cottage Grove. The city of Woodbury and the city of Cottage Grove. Yeah. That's what yeah. people don't understand. It, yeah. it crosses into both. Yeah. And there's two hockey associations, there's, one for Cottage Grove, yeah. and you guys are kind of in the middle. Kind of in the middle. And all of our other sports. But you are the newest and most trendy high school, and your high school hockey rink, your rink could be is literally right next door to your high school, which you don't even use. Yeah, like our kids can see walk the, see the rink from the lunchroom that they they yeah. drive by woodbury high school's yeah. rink 
Which is on your grounds. Yeah, it, but it's at the end of the day, it's four miles and not that far away no. either. But, no, no, it's one road, yeah. basically. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, a, a lot of our, all of our, most of all our sports in the community of Eastridge, I'll call it, have their own youth program. And growing up the way I did with Hastings, and you know, we, that's what I wanted to emulate as much as possible right. as the head coach. And I believe it's my job as the head coach to make, find ways to make our program as good as possible. And that's my belief. It's, but, but at the end of the day, like there's people in our community that believe in a different way and that's okay. Like I'm okay with that. I just trying to do, we are trying to do what we believe is right for our program in potentially having our own youth program. Um, so we've, we've followed all the processes and steps. Um, there's been some heated meetings and there's been some, a lot of passion behind it, which is at the end of the day, we're all rather whatever side you're on. We're all f- trying to figure out what's best for the kids. Right. Um, and we may view it differently, but that's okay. Um, and so we followed the process by asking both Woodbury and Cottage Grove, if they just approved it and said, yeah, go ahead. We wouldn't have to go to Minnesota hockey. And right. They, and for their own reasons and valid reasons, they didn't want to do that. Right. Okay? So then the next step was to go to District 8. We did that, appealed to District 8. District 8 passed it. Passed it. Like about 8 to 4, something like that. It was. Like a 2 to 1 vote. Yeah, I think. It, was, it was significant. Yeah. Um, it wasn't close. Right. Um, and then, so the next step is then to go to Minnesota hockey and it's at the, it's at the table of Minnesota hockey and Minnesota t- hockey is doing a good job of, in my opinion, vetting it and making sure that's the right thing to do for all parties involved and whatever the decision they come about with, we'll live with right, wrong, or, you know, whatever it is, we'll live with it. Um, we just, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it shakes out. Uh, last thing, my understanding is there are certain ways their rules and bylaws are written that previous associations, your Lakevilles, your Bloomingtons, your Duluths, your Ossie Maple Groves, it's written and it fits that, and this doesn't fit into any of those circumstances. So that's why I think yeah. that's the part they're struggling with most, not how to make a decision what's best for Woodbury. I think I don't know what that might be, but yeah. I think that's where, like, okay, if we, if we decide this, <laughs> now we have to go back to Duluth and all these other associations and have to answer to them because of that. So they get, they're kind of in a quagmire i think yeah that could be i i don't know enough that's about my those. take on yeah it. i don't know enough about those different situations i just know ours for the most part um yeah we'll see how it shakes out i they, it's i'm trying to take as much emotion out of it as i possibly can and, and be very empathetic to the other side of it because i get that other side of it too um again but i just come back to uh, what do i think can make our program as best as possible and that's right. what i believe all right, so we've talked about the locker room. Um, I didn't get we. I kind of skipped the state final. I, I got to get to that first. Like, yeah. before, I, I literally we just bypassed it. I yeah, got into sorry. coaching, but we got yeah. literally. Your team makes the state final. You have Ben Utecht, who's one of the best tight ends and go for history. Probably one of the best tight ends. Um, I'd like to ask you a little bit about him and Tafe and some of the yeah. big names. What was it like growing up with Ben Utecht? Ben moved into our town, I think, in sixth or seventh grade. All right. From Lindstrom, his dad is is uh was is a pastor. Yeah. And so he took over at a church in Hastings and uh him and I hit it off right away. Um he played baseball, he played obviously football and hockey and um 
Yeah, we we, we lived really close to each other, so we, we kind of hung out a lot, especially That's... through the middle school years. Um, he was just a super talented guy, period. Yeah, you know, in everything. In everything he does. Um, and he's even come to talk to our team once, you know, didn't give like a... Really? Yeah. Where does he live now? I think he lives in Lakeville. Oh, so he's a Minnesota guy. Yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, he's, he was, he, his story's great. Just went to a gopher camp and ran a four, six forty, and they literally offered him on the spot. I remember six, six and could run like that. And what a career he had super bowl champion. So, um, yeah. And then what was he, he like as a goalie? Cause you don't find six foot five goalies yeah. with that much athletic ability. Quite, I mean, he was, he was, it was kind of pre butterfly days, wasn't it? A little it bit, it was a little bit. He was very, I mean, he was pretty good. Um, but how do I say this? He didn't get a lot of shots. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's the first shot like, right there. Like, we, we were, we were pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't want to be whatever, but like, he didn't see a ton of shots because we had guys like Jeff and Dan that had the puck all the time. Right. And Benny. Um, so, but he was good, and actually, that my our our uh, our state run, Matt Klein was was our starter. Okay, Benny got hurt, and then Matt took over. Okay, and never gave it up. So Matt Klein was our guy, who's the head coach at Hastings right now. Um, he uh, he he was the goalie through the state tournament run. That what year. is it about goalies? I mean, so many goalies become coaches. Yeah, I think it's just because they see the ice. All the time, so they're on the ice ninety yeah. percent of the time, looking at it up and down. Where you are sitting on the bench sixty six percent of the time, yeah, looking at it going from a different angle. They just have a better view of the game. Yeah, potentially. I don't know. I don't know, but uh, I think for sure they understand defenders better than yeah. anyone. Yeah, probably. You know, yeah. because they see what they do right and they do wrong. Yeah. You know, I can't speak for forwards, but yeah. Um, all right. So, any other? So, what friendships do you retain from from your high school guys? All uh, like is this like yeah. your core group group of buddies still or I, I would say we finally got a like a cabin trip together with a bunch of guys okay for the first time in years is this the ninety nines or the yeah. ninety and the two thousands too ninety nines mostly all right um, I see Adam Gerlach at all the Gopher football games now because his bro- his son plays for the Gophers um so I've been seeing him a lot um, Jake's Majeski is a godfather of my oldest daughter. Really? Uh, yeah, I see. I was just with Tafe uh, the other day. Doesn't have doc. much hair left. No, he's, except he's got a good beard. His yeah, beard very good. Solid. Solid. He's got a good beard game yeah. for sure. Yeah. So my daughter, my youngest daughter, uh, spent the weekend with his daughter over there. So yeah, we're all still really close friends and um, get to hang out as much as we can, chasing kids around. Yeah. So weekend. you da- mentioned daughter. Tell me about your kids. How many do you have? I have two two daughters. One's a sophomore at Eastridge. Really? Yep. And then my youngest is a fifth grader, and they do competitive cheer. And I'm well aware. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm well, I spent many hours in in the uh, Eastridge gym. My daughter did it as well. It's it's pretty impressive. I love it. I love watching them. <laughs> I love watching them do their thing, and then hearing about practice leading up to the event, and then seeing them have to perform in the event, and the teamwork that goes behind it, and the highs and the lows with it. So they're getting everything any other sport has just in a competitive cheer environment. What I liked about it most was if my daughter wasn't going to play, she played lacrosse, she played hockey, she did basketball, she did every sport. But what I liked most about it was how physically 
taxing it was on her body. And she'd come home, she's like, I'm exhausted. I'm like, from cheer? You know, yeah. I, I, that was like the first one. She was seventh grade. I was like, from cheer? You gotta be kidding me. And then yeah. I went to a practice and watched what they have to do. I was like, all right, I respect this. And then what I like the most is the if she had a 140 cheer, I'd show up at 130, and I was gone by 145. I didn't have to sit around. And she didn't care. She's like, Dad, you just want to come see me. You don't really care about the other teams. Yep. It was great. Yeah, that's, you know? a, that's pretty nice. That's a pretty nice bonus. And then sure. Nationals yeah. was in Orlando, and I'm like, all right, because it was right during yeah. hockey. I'm like, if you can make it all the way to your senior year, I'll be there. Yeah. And they won nationals oh, when I was there. Awesome. So it was just like, this was, I loved it. I have so much respect for girls that do comp cheer. It's amazing yeah. how hard it is on their body and how much work. And, and this is the last thing I know it's a hockey podcast, but this is the last thing. And you know, this it's not sanctioned by the MSHSL. No. So that means our crazy, our crazy coach slash teacher, she'd be having them running 11 months out of the year, oh, yeah. like one month off. And that was it. And then it was like, all right, back at it. June 1st. Yeah. Like, it was amazing yeah. how much, how committed and tryouts were in are in May. <laughs> they don't they don't cheer until October. I know. The first one is the first one's this weekend. Yeah, it's the first. And they're going October. hard yeah. all summer long. Yeah. Like there's no like coaches can't coach past June thirtieth stuff. Them. Not for them. No. I'm like this is crazy stuff. Yeah. yeah, but they love it, you know, and they have fun with it, and it gives them something to try and achieve. So I love it too. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, and what does your wife do? My wife owns a hair salon. Nice. Yep. And then she also owns a, a home decor and furniture store down in Afton called Dwell. Oh, how? I know. How? Yeah. And you coach hockey. I coach hockey. Well, she has her she has her Dwell. Like That's her passion project. Yeah. And then hockey. And hockey's mine. yours. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Well, yeah. this is so cool. I, nice. I've got to know a lot about you yeah. already. All right. All right. So we talked about coaching. This is the one more I would call it subject matter expert. And, I, and I've, I've said this a few times. I've alluded to it before uh, in our podcast that I, I, and I know I get shot down by the Minnesota hockey gods. You know, John Mariucci would, you know, turn in his grave if I said, I think they need to add a third class. And I don't, just I'm not a everyone deserves a trophy kind of guy. I'm just not that person. But I think there's like this missing trophy out there uh, for teams in the middle class, as I like to call them. You know, your your Eastridge, your Moundsview, your Jeffersons. There's a lot of programs around the state who I contend when the season starts, when your season starts mid-November, you aren't really you know thinking, okay, well, we, I can't go on vacation uh, March. 7th through the 10th this year because we could be in state. You, know, you could book your vacation. Usually, as the Eastridge coach, you can kind of book your vacation. Yeah, we've probably we've been there. Around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I know what you're saying. And I'm a big... I don't, but... You know what I'm yeah, saying? But yeah, no, I hear what I'm trying to say is, I'm not... Vacation is a little rash, yeah, but yeah. you get the idea. Yeah, I do. The point being is, I want there to be strong youth hockey in Shoreview and columbia heights and uh, parks in brooklyn park and bloomington and Woodbury. i want there to be strong youth hockey in these corridors if we don't retain that strength there we're we're getting to a tier one especially girls is worse but we're getting kind of a, to a tier one uh uh model in minnesota without it becoming tier one there's 30 teams in the state you know what i know they won't play you if you called up Pat Andrews and Hermantown and said, hey, Pat, I want to play you. You're like, well, we don't play Eastridge. We already got our list of teams, right? We got our list, right? Hill Murray's not going to play you. 
right? Like the, unless it's conference, right? How do we get something? And if that doesn't change, what do you do as a coach? Because right now I see you busting your behind, building locker rooms, chasing kids from Woodbury to come and play for you in high school, not recruit, but just like trying to make it an attractive place to play. Talk to a little bit about what I just said there. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, one of the other hats that I wear is I'm the president of the Minnesota Hockey Coaches Association. So this has been kind of an ongoing discussion of how do we how do we make sure those fringe schools, specifically to enrollment, how do we make them have as much success as possible to grow the game in those areas? And there's been some things that have been kicked around. I can't really speak to it quite yet, but I mean, I'll be honest with you: the three team or the three, um, the three levels for for has been brought up and discussed. And let me just guess: the old codgers in the room just go, "No way! We should go back to one." Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't say that's the case. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's the case. I'm um, joking, but yeah, there, yeah. Are, there, there are there are out there there yeah. are people out there who still have that narrative, and yeah. I'm like. That ship is out to sea. You can't even see it anymore. Yeah. I mean, being in the role that I'm in, I'd love to know, like, I'd love to hear more, discuss or have more discussions about that to figure out what people want so we can bring it to the table and be a partner with the State High School League on it. Um, but we have a great relationship there now. Um, things are moving in the, in a direction that's going to help grow our game. Um that you'll probably see here over the next few, you know, three or five, three to five years, potentially. What are some of those um, things that, I mean, yeah, I, what, I, what's I, a, what's a, what's a concept? Yeah. I think it, again, it's figuring out ways to make those smaller communities, those fringe communities, whether it's inside the 494 circle or outside it, how do we grow it there? What does that look like? It's the, it's the, and I keep listing, I've listed a few. I'm going to keep going. It's, it's Armstrong Cooper. It's yeah. Roseville. It's those communities, which we, we need to be, we're not strong there. It's it yeah. really hurts the the strength of the state. And I, I would say even this, like there, like you could put like Northfield, Waconia. You could put New Prague, that are kind of like those bigger communities, but are probably maybe too small for AA yet. Yeah, they'll get there maybe. Yeah, but this so, would be a great spot for them. But we need to make sure that we continue to grow that. So if they do go to AA, it's sustainable and they can yes you know, continue to grow the game. So, yeah, I agree. So we're on, we I, we align on that a little bit. I, although you, I don't want to put you in the president association says this. We're going to three classes. Yeah, let me do that talking. I, yeah. I I I'm a firm believer that three classes works for everybody. You know, because then the thirty twos get their they get their little reindeer games. You know, yeah. I would say this: it's not as easy to do as you might think. No, because of conferences. There's a lot of things that need to go into it. Um, I think conferences would be one of the things that would hurt it the most. Yeah, potentially conferences. There's some other things um, that, you know, you know, who votes to approve it, right? Like where are the, where are the votes coming from? Is it a yeah. traditional hockey market or is it a non-traditional hockey market? That all comes into play with it. So, yes, you know, we again, like our coaches association has a really great relationship with the State High School League. Um, we meet at least twice a year um, and talk about the future and what we can do to make it better or that makes sense for the state high school league and it makes sense for our, our right. players. So 
It's an ongoing process. All right. So, so we, I put that on the table yeah. uh, as a discussion point. Um, talk about living in that space. You're not one of the lower 50 teams and you're not one of the top 32 teams. Tell, explain to our audience what that feels like and what, what it looks like through your glasses, through your lens. Yeah. I mean, we have a really good schedule this year. Um, better than we probably had in the past by picking up teams like Rosemont, um, Matamidi we're playing again, even though they're class A, they're, they're strong too. They're a perfect type of team for us to play. Uh, and they enjoy playing us too, cause it's a good game for them. Um, you know, it's, it's, you gotta be smart with your schedule because you want to have, you want to have the kids, the kids work so hard and you want to have them have an opportunity to have success from where we're at right now. As we continue to grow our program and add, players that are high skilled then we will start playing some of those other teams they're going to want to call us because right. we're going to have those players so but so like right now i will say this um the losses are harder and the wins are bigger right now for us right you know what i mean because we don't have that guaranteed tap and birdie no so we got to go every night and that's, yeah. that's that's okay that's okay we we embrace that piece of it um so I, I enjoy it. I love the competitiveness of it. Do I want to play Wyzetta, Hill Murray when we're ready? Yeah, we'll play Andover. We'll go up to Duluth East and play, you know, Grand Rapids. I'd love to play Johnny. I'd love to play a game against Moorhead and John Ammerman because we're, we're good friends. Like, that would be a fun day when, we're, when it makes sense for us. All right. Um, do you think, because we talk about it on our podcast, I think it feels like on a weekly basis, we talk about the teams that play above their level. They play, they schedule six tough teams because they'd rather go 13 and 12 than 19 and 1, 19 and 11. Or, you know what I mean? Like 19 and 6. You know what I mean? See the theory there? Like, oh, yeah. You see Mankato East does it a lot. You know, they'll, they'll, get, they'll go 500 because they'll go play a really bunch tough teams but then they get back to their section and they have a a fighting chance in their section yeah. what are your thoughts on that so there's there's i like it um it depends on how you play it though too i think if you'd ask some of those upper level teams too that we talked about they do the same thing like they don't really care what their record looks like right in from december from november to january like they they know they're working towards something that is in march right so what their schedule looks like, they don't care. Maybe the people in the stands probably care a lot, right? Like, oh, yeah. But, like, the coach knows there there's incremental steps to get to where they want to get to ultimately, which is in St. Paul in March, right? Um, so, you know, it's it works for some communities for sure. Now, would you, you – you said already that you had enough – you know, you're making your schedule tougher. Once you get the better players, you'll do that. Don't you have a little bit of have to put the carrot out there, though, a little bit? We're getting, we're trying. You know what I mean? You know what yeah, I mean? Of course, we try. Like, Got to put the carrot out there like, look, hey, we're playing these guys. We're playing these guys. That's also a part of it as yeah, well. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, again, it's got to be reciprocated on the other side of that too, just like you talked about. Like we got to, those coaches got to have openings. Yeah, it's not you know, easy. It's not easy, especially in our conference. We have 16 games already. I was just going to say, you're in the conference yeah. of death. Like we you have a lot of you games. Have so many games. Yeah. And um, so it's, you know, you do it what you got the best you can. So, how do you for project your your uh, your your passion project? You know, this hockey you talk about. How do you project out uh, Eastridge hockey in the next five years? 
it's almost impossible. It's impossible. It's like, hard. I'm really good at it. Like I go, yeah. oh yeah, we dine is gonna be really good, or it's gonna be really good. Yeah. It's really easy, but like, and they're gonna suffer. But like you guys, it's really hard to project. I'll say this: um, looking at the numbers of kids that are playing in the Woodbury Association at the upper levels, it's looking like a lot of them are in Eastridge. And I know from having conversations, a lot of them are coming to Eastridge, which is exciting. That that's means we're starting to get those players that want to stay and play here. Right. Um, hopefully that's because we've done a good job of building relationships for a long time that drawn them and they like what we're doing and are excited about it. And they want to come play at Eastridge. So what, what does that mean? I don't know yet. We'll see. Like, it doesn't mean we're going to be playing in St. Paul, potentially. Does it mean that we're going to be more competitive and potentially win a conference championship? Yeah, I'd say so. I think it's layers, though. Like, if, if you have a 10-year commitment or a 15-year commitment, like, it looks like you're on that projecting to do. Yeah. I think it's going to take that much time. You're like, hey, I had to build this thing from yeah. the ground up. And part of that is winning over families from sixth grade to, you know, the, for nice part for you is – you don't have a program where there's a lack of numbers. Like some high school coaches, yeah. like, hey, I gotta be at Learn to Skate. Yeah, like that's Learn to Skate. Yeah. Not where you gotta be. You're at yeah. you're at the Squirt A tournaments. You're at, you're building yeah. those relationships once they they get to the Squirts and Peewees, which is actually kind of a makes your job easier in some ways. Yeah, I, I would love some it. ways. Yes, yeah. some ways. No, you yeah, know, it depends on the way you look at it for sure. I don't. I wouldn't say it makes it any easier. It makes it like. Back to the whole like split thing. I think it. I think and I believe that at the end, if a kid with the first jersey they put on had a raptor on it, I think that would help in the long term. And I don't know if we'll get there or not, but I'm hoping that's the opportunity we have because then I will be at Learn to Skate. Oh yeah, and so are my players. <laughs> You'll be handing out pucks, and so you know, you and, know, and, you know, and and then we can really dive in and invest in that community. There'd be flags, like there'd be planting flags, the whole all, deal, right? All, yes, yes. <laughs> um, I'm waiting for that day, if it ever comes, um, to be able to do some of that stuff. And, um, you know, it's, we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, so I, sp I spend a lot of time along or at the Pee Wee level, some squirt level. I get to a couple of those games every year, both Cottage Grove and Woodbury. So I got I do both of those. Yeah. I get to get to both of them. Uh, we meet with families that are interested in coming to Easter's that live in our boundary. Um, we've, you know, invite them to our summer camps and um, we're just trying to make the best connection with the kid. And then the kid first, in my opinion, because the kid will say, Hey mom, I really like this coach. Um, and then all of a sudden the email comes from, Hey, we'd like to learn more about your program and you and, that's now cool. set up some meetings. So it's, <clears throat> it's non-traditional and I'm trying to, I, I, even though it's been seven years, like I'm still figuring out the right way to do it Yeah, a little bit. You know, it's funny. I, I, I said this and, and maybe you could just build on, on this thought is I tell people all the time, like the state championship is often isn't one uh, at the rink uh, on the ice. It's often one in the lobby. Uh, the getting the right oh. band of dads, the right band of whatever, and all of a sudden you get the right band of, of Conans and whatever you get in together. All of a sudden, man, I put together, I got three dads that are committed, and now seventeen other dads are following those three dads, and all of a sudden you have a, you know, now you're playing at the X. Yep, you hit the nail on the head. And our assistant coach was talking about that yesterday. 
<clears throat> Matt Larson, he played at Burnsville and storied career too in high school. And he's one of our forward coaches and he says the same thing. He's it's like, it's going to take somebody, some group, that one group that comes together and says, we're going to stay here. Yeah. We're go to Eastridge. And then there'll be groups behind it. That's, that's, that's the whole hopefully. plan. Yeah, that's the whole plan. Yeah, yeah. and I and my daughter. Like and said, if my you ever get grade. to that, yeah, my I, my daughter's in fifth grade. There you go. So I got at least seven more years until well, she's done. You should go school. to a lot of your daughter's uh, friends' boys' at school squirts game because they're going to be another wagon. Oh, yeah. Another I mean, wagon coming this year. I mean, it's just <laughs> like one year after another with that yeah, Woodbury be, squirt team. I'll you be know? out there. I'll be out there for sure. There'll be plenty of them. Yeah. Hey, WoW fans, here's a great idea for your next team outing. Get eight or more of your teammates and go see the best players in the world. Group ticket sales opportunities include intermission skates, blue line buddies, playing games at the X, and getting your team's name on the scoreboard. For more information, contact Group Sales at the Wild. All right, uh, so uh, from a coaching perspective, when you got into it, uh, you, you, got, you got handed a whistle right after college or whatever. Did, what did you think? When you thought, hey, I'd like to coach high school hockey someday, did you have ever have that in your brain, or did it only Dan, Donnie when Russ asked you to come help out at Hastings? It took, like, um, the three years of being the head coach at Peewee's, I, it was, I started to see some of the kids that I coached the first three years start trickling into high school. And I was like, ah, I would love to be on that bench. Someday. Because you knew the kids, knew the kids, and you know, it was I just felt like, like I wanted, I wanted to be a high school coach at when I was like my final fifth or sixth year as a as a youth coach. I like that was my goal is to be as a head coach behind a high school bench. I always wanted it to be Hastings, um, and uh, you know, life. Life changes happen, and I end up at Eastridge. And you always me. wanted to be at Hastings. Yeah, I wanted it, when I first started coaching. I wanted to be the head coach at Hastings someday. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I haven't talked. We haven't. Again, I got to do a little go back in time here. Let's talk about that barn. I mean, oh. I mean, when we talked about the yeah. stadium, like talk about facilities. I mean, yeah. your rink. I mean. From a metro perspective, we, we have this argument all the time. From a metro perspective, I think you got your rinks a lot like Burnsville. I mean, they're a little bit of like you got the both, the, the, you know, like Blake is a lot the same way. Did you know when you were growing up when you go into the barn that that was a great place? Or did it, how long did it take you to figure that out once you knew this is awesome? We're lucky. I think I didn't realize it until after I was gone. No. Yeah. Come yeah. on. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's probably sad to say, but, you know, it was just our, it was our home rink. It was what we're used to. It's all we really knew. Um, we knew it was a cool, cool place to play, especially when it was packed. Ah, okay. So when I was fifth guy, because I always thought Hibbing was the mecca. It is. I, that was that was like the one. <laughs> it really yeah, is. You that nailed was the it. One I got a picture of it right out here. It's number one, and it's my number. I one love too. it when people try to go. Oh, rap is it? Nope. There's nothing nicer. Than the Hibbing Memorial Building. The walk, the walk up the stairs yes. onto the rink. Yeah. The lighting is perfect. How did you guys play there? Was that, was it, was it, did you have a high school non-conference game there or something? No, I through youth. Youth. We always go up to the range and play because they, they had really good teams. Finnegan's, the... Yeah. Um, trying to think of some of the other names that were playing. Um, they were playing... At, Finnegan was at Virginia, our yeah. play of the year. Um, epic battles up there. Yeah, it was fun. 
Oh, I'm glad that we agree yeah. on that. So yeah. uh, when I was in high school, they, they maybe took breaks, but the Minneapolis Auditorium, which is obviously where the convention center is now, was this beautiful auditorium, yeah. like a little bit like the St. Paul Auditorium. Um, so when I knew when I got to step onto that ice for that game, yeah. first time I ever played there, I was like, this is the coolest moment of my life is playing here. And there was only like probably like 600 people there watching the game. Where, yeah. But when I first went there, it was 1974 section final, and it yeah. was packed. Yeah. So that was what I always remember. Like, for you, you had to have thought that this place was awesome, but you just yeah. kind of took it for granted, maybe? I did a little bit, yeah, growing up. I was. I remember going to watch some of the early 90s teams um, as a young kid, um, hoping that I get the chance to play on there one day. Yeah, Todd Field, but you got to remember we had Todd Field, and that was like there was nothing better than Todd Field. What's Todd Field? I don't even know what it is. At the football field. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. what you. Yeah, yeah. So we had yes, that, and that we were that, that was more of a mecca because there's more yeah. more fans there. Yeah. It's Friday night lights, the whole deal, right yeah. down in the hole like yeah. that. Yeah, Cars I suppose. Cars driving by and honking and all the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. So you got enamored with that as the as the thing to do. facility in town. That's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. But your barn is special. It's one Super. of the one yeah, of the sure. best 10, 15 in the state. I always like uh Matt Jasper who does work for us built a book and like oh, the first one of the first questions I ask him, "Did you do Hastings?" He's like, "Of course I did. It's <laughs> unbelievable." Yeah, that, you know. It was ran by Slim McGree for a long time. They named the the rink after him. What a Who's guy! Who's this? Tell me about him. Sliv McGree. He was yeah. the arena manager up out there. Were you afraid of him when you were a kid? Uh, when no, I think of arena really. manager. I'm thinking of the guy you were afraid of. Like no, he, he was, was, he was stern. And you must have been fair. a good kid. You must have been a good kid then. I was, I was, I was a good rink kid. kid. I was a pretty good. Are kid. you the oldest? I am. Well, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. a rule follower. Yeah, I'm I the was, youngest. I was the one stirring up yeah. trouble, getting yelled at by every rink yeah. manager out I there. I was, I was a rule follower for the most part, for sure. But Sliv was. Sliv was the guy that would, you know, if when you're on the high school team and you need your skate sharpened and he'd sharpen up for you quick and not charge you. And if your skate was broken, he'd take it in the back room and fix it fix for it? you. Oh, yeah. He was awesome. Oh, was I love awesome. it. So they named, what is name? The building isn't named after him. No, it's the, the it's rink. The East Rink is named Sliv McGree Rink. And that's the, the practice rink? That's the, no, that's the, the main, main one. Rink. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. That whole place, every time I get there, I'm like, oh, I'm luckier. Yeah. You know, now they have arguably one of the best uniforms in the state now with this gold. The That's what we had back in 99. You said yours was bedazzled, though. Well, it was a shinier material. All right. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. such good, such a great uniform. Yeah. It's a great yeah. uniform. So what is it? Tell me about your uniforms this year. What is, what is East Ridge rocking now? So our white uniforms are... Um, after Nashville Predators outdoor game, yeah. So it's got the cursive Eastridge Raptors in the yep. middle with the the lines around it, and then our our black one is two color, one black. It's black and Vegas gold with the big Raptor head on it. Ah, I like uh, that. It's, it's and you have a nice. third every year, right? Third every year that the kids take home Keep. at the end of the year. Yep. So Davis Plifka, our captain right now, is designing that um, to be unveiled. To be determined. Have you seen it? I've seen it. Have I, you seen I it? have to have a little bit of say. <laughs> you don't <laughs> let them go crazy. I don't let them go full uh, just on them. But I just um, got a word to Davis, my friend Davis. Put some purple in that 
jersey because it's in the colors. <laughs> it is. You never see it. I got to see more purple in the Eastridge yeah. uniform. That's something. If you listen to this podcast, you no one knows that yeah. Eastridge has purple in their colors. Yep, we do. We do. One of our cheer doesn't. Colors. Cheer doesn't. No one rocks it. I think I think the golf tournament or the golf teams might put a little purple in um, there. Um the girls hockey team does. They do. They have purple piping on their dark jersey on their arms. Um we had it once in one in one jersey, our third jersey. Yep. Back in It's in the Jersey Project. 18, yeah, yeah, through twenty. Or nineteen twenty that year. Yep. Yeah. That's so. where I learned it. I'm like, where did this purple come yeah. from? And then I confirmed it with yeah. Conan. I'm we like, had to get really it approved. Purple? Yeah, we had to get it approved by the school to make sure that it it was, was okay. The actual, tr- the truth that it's purple. That's yeah, like a it. plum. It was like a plum in this yeah. jersey. It was yeah. kind of sweet. Yeah, it's cool. Well, any other thoughts? Uh, I'd love to. I'd love to throw you one more high school coaches association question at you. Yeah, sure. Uh, we see your tweets. We see your agenda. Your narrative obviously is, talks all about the coaches and things like that. What are some of the things that are pressing uh, from that perspective? What do you guys talk about? What what is what are some of the concerns? We talked a little bit about the middle class, as I call yeah. it. But what are some other things that you yeah. guys are trying to keep as many kids playing high school hockey as possible? That's a big key for us, um, and showing that that's the right path. Um, everybody's path is a little bit different. We understand that piece of it, but um, the more great players we have playing in our high school league, the better it is for everybody. And I think it can help us grow the game. So that's there's a concerted effort to make sure that we educate families and players that you don't need to go anywhere. You can stay here, right here in, in, in Minnesota, play through your senior year, and you can still have a lot of success after. Would you agree that there's – this is the one thing that, like, it's like a – it almost seems like a black and white question, right? Like, there's 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 – okay, we'll say the black is everybody has to stay in high school or or you're going to fail. You know, kind of the old Sid Hartman, like, if you leave, you'll never get a job in this town, which is, I don't, I, I, I'm, I don't want to be that. And I don't want to be like, you got to leave. And, and I am not, I'm definitely not, I'm a big proponent of high school hockey and definitely not a, you have to leave high school hockey in order to get a division one scholarship. There's yeah. like, it's, there's like two, seems like there's two camps and you and I know reality. It's gray. Yeah, right? it there's a big gray area in there. I always say there's about three or four kids Maybe if you include the NTDP kids, include that, maybe make that eight. I think there's like eight kids that don't, shouldn't play high school hockey. The rest of them have not proven anything to me, haven't proven anything to any college coaches to prove warrant that they should spend three years in junior hockey. Yeah. Dustin. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's a, if there's a, if there's a golden answer to anything, please tell me, but it's like, it's like this. All you can do is educate based on the numbers and what it looks like. And we're doing a good job of recording those now. And down the road, we'll see some marketing stuff come out and, and show that that based on the percentages, if you want to play if you're the percentage game, kids that stay in high school typically have this success here, here, and here. And we'll be able to show that story with that. It's not going to be very hard. The stats are there. There's too many leaving right now that I don't think will be succeeding or who will look back and realize, wow, what was I thinking? Yeah. And I've always believed this. And I think you'd believe this too. Show me you can dominate at this level. Show me you can dominate at any level. I mean, yeah. And I find that to be true. Kids leaving juniors too early to go play college and then they sit on the bench. They, they, leave, they leave college early to go sit in the AHL, literally, like you gotta 
dominate to the point like like look at Logan Cooley. That's a perfect example. Like he dominated college hockey. He was ready to go and he was this close to staying. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree with you. I think um I think the better you can do in high school, um and make a name for yourself and like our coach Larson says if you can take care of your own backyard first everything else will come down the road I couldn't agree with you more yeah we will end it at that Dustin thanks a lot for your time today I've had a blast getting to know you good luck to you can't wait to see a game this year yeah appreciate it thank you again for having me You need to stay up out the streets if you can't take the heat. You need to stay up out the streets if you can't take the heat. Cause it get cold like Minnesota. Cold like Minnesota.